Hi, this is Dr. William Renner. I'm here with Dr. Alan Safdie, world-renowned gastroenterologist and internal medicine doctor, to talk about COVID-19. It's April 13, 2020, and we want to give you some updates. Alan, I want to ask you about distancing uh, today. Uh, is six feet far enough away uh, for safe distancing so we don't get COVID-19 from our neighbors? You know, Bill, that's a really good question. Um, you know, first of all, everybody has to realize that, you know, they ask why this is much worse um, than the flu. I mean, first of all, it's much more contagious. It spreads easily. Uh, but the flu, we have some herd immunity. Uh, your immune system, uh, you may be exposed to it. There's a significant portion of the population that may have some immunity. And that herd immunity means that we're not going to have this virus infecting lots of people. Eventually, it reaches a dead end where people have always had antibodies against it. None of us, for the most part, have seen this type of virus before. Uh, although it's a coronavirus from animals, uh, we don't have any innate immunity towards this. So when we're passing people, and we're running, biking, walking, doing all those things, you know, is six feet enough? Has it been studied well? You know, we discussed previously on another podcast, uh, MIT did studies how far these droplets can spread, you know, over 20 feet that they can spread. And there was another recent study, um, which is a Belgian-Dutch study uh, that took a look at the traditional one to two meters as prescribed in a lot of different countries. So we talk about, you know, is six feet long enough? You know, is this two meters enough? And really, when you take a look at what happens aerodynamically, um, probably not. Um, you know, it's, and I know when I take a walk or when I go biking or other things, I don't look at just six feet. Uh, the typical social distancing we've been talking about is one to two meters. But when someone during a run breathes, sneezes, or coughs, the particles stay behind in the air for a little bit. The person running behind them runs into what we call the slipstream of those droplets. So you're going to be inhaling those droplets. So being behind a bicyclist or a runner um, may make this even a little bit worse than what it would be otherwise. So try to give yourself a little bit more space. Uh, there's interesting, uh, they did lots of interesting things looking at particle diameters and looking at the slipstream behind individuals. And how far would you think, Bill, um, you know, on the basis of what I just talked to you, the scientists advise that for walking the distance of people moving in the same direction, one line should be. Well, I would guess uh, six feet. Um, well, that, that's what I would have guessed. And although I always gave people more space, I wanted some rationale for it. And this study gives it to me. It was four to five meters. Um, so up to, say, 15 feet um, that moving in the same direction. For running and slow biking, it was up to 30 feet, uh, 10 meters. And for hard biking, 20 meters. Uh, so, you know, should you hold your breath for a little bit if you're much closer? I try to. Um, it's difficult to yeah. get that kind of space. Yeah, there's no, there's no room in the street for that kind of space. No, you'd be on one sidewalk. I'd be on the other sidewalk across the street. But that's what I do now. If somebody's coming, especially if they're biking or running, although yesterday I'm taking a walk with my wife and the dog and a bicyclist comes down the sidewalk, don't hear them and brushes by both of us. Um, and then right in front of us in a second. 
So what do I do when I'm stuck in that slipstream of the bicyclist with the air particles? And she was riding relatively fast is we try to hold our breath for 15 or 20 seconds and to give those particles time to disperse and go to the ground. But it's very difficult to get that space. But if you have the option, in my opinion, you have the option of getting beyond six feet, um, I would recommend it, especially, you know, when I bike with the, I bike with an individual, uh, we give ourselves a good 10 meters. Um, you know, we're not the fastest bicyclists in the world, uh, but we give ourselves about 10 meters between the bicycles uh, when we're biking. So we try to give ourselves a little bit more space. I'm not the fastest runner in the world anymore, but I try to give myself more space. If I see people around, I will cross the street and go to the other side, not just walk a few feet away. Um, so I think it's something people should consider. We do not have natural antibodies to this, so we need to avoid this. It may be a year and a half to two years before we even, and we'll talk about that in a future podcast, the difficulty in creating vaccines. Um, so we need to talk about some other things. You know, how else can we avoid this? So, you know. Uh, what about hand washing? Let's talk about that because I think that's an important topic. Uh, and I have a lot of questions about hand washing. Um, let me ask you, how do you wash your hands? Well, you know, it's a good question because I watch not just lay people, but some medical professionals that wash their hands by just rubbing their palms together and getting the fronts of their fingers. Um, the way you're supposed to wash your hands, first of all, you want to take 15 to 20 seconds. Um, and you can get enough soap, lather it up. Then you wash your hand palm to palm. Then you take your fingernails from the one palm into the other palm and wash those fingers. The tips of the fingers are what, how people get infected. That's what touches mucous membranes, your nose, your eyes, your mouth. Wash those. Then between your fingers, so you interlace your fingers. Then your palm goes to the back of one hand, palm goes to the back of the other hand, and then around your thumb. Um, that's going to take you at least 20 seconds to do it adequately. If you're applying alcohol solutions or hand sanitizers, you need to do the same thing. You just don't rub it on your palms and think that's fine. And you don't just clean your hands after you blow your nose or after you touch your face, but before you touch your face, before you, the minute you get out of the supermarket, anytime you're going to touch your face, uh, even after you touch this mask, if you're wearing a mask, which is theoretically dirty, we wash our hands, but we wash them adequately. So let me ask you a question, Bill. You know, studies have found that hand washing for longer than 15 seconds reduces the risk of, I'll give you three choices, bacterial illnesses, influenza-like illnesses, or parasitic illnesses. Um, that's kind of interesting. Um, I would say all three. Yeah, you're, you're correct. Um, you know, they all are decreased. So all of these viral type illnesses, yes, bacterial illnesses and parasitic illnesses with plain soap and water. Um, you don't have to, you know, do anything different. Um, you just have to wash your hands, but you have to use the right technique that we just talked about. Um, so, you know, we have articles that have been published and, you know, Five to 10 seconds of hand washing uh, were a higher risk for frequent influenza-like illnesses or, and we can extrapolate to COVID. So five to 10 seconds is not enough. Um, hand washing for 20 seconds, uh, minimum would be 15 seconds is 
you know, ideal, but 20 seconds. So give you another question. Hand washing after shaking hands was found in recent studies, you know, to independently be protecting against these viral illnesses. So should you wash your hands the minute after you shake somebody's hands or use hand sanitizer? Um, hmm, that's a tough one. I guess I would say uh, use hand sanitizers because you really can't wash your hands after you just uh, shook, shook your hands with someone usually. Yeah, so either, um, but they've both been shown to decrease independent, be independent pro uh, protective factors against frequent viral type illnesses. Um, you know, so both of those are really important for people. Um, you know, before... Ideally, we wash our hands before we're shaking hands with people, too. So we're not explaining, you know, we're not infecting other people. Um, so it's extremely important. So, you know, it's a recommended practice for skin care uh, and these, you know, how would you wash your hands? Would you use really hot water? Would you use vigorous scrubbing when washing your hands? Um, would you wear gloves when using household disinfectants. So should we avoid this too hot of water? Should we vigorously scrub our hands when washing our hands and wearing gloves? Should we wear that with disinfectants? Well, I would just, uh, I'm not sure wearing gloves uh, is helpful, um, but I think we should vigorously wash our hands, but maybe not scrub them too much. Yeah. And uh, the other question is, uh, should we use some lotion afterwards? Because we're washing our hands. I mean, I'm washing my hands 20 times a day. Uh, is it safe to put uh, hand lotion on afterwards? Okay, well, let's approach each one of those independently. Good question. Um, so it's recommended to avoid scrubbing hands while washing since this causes micro breaks in the skin. Um, you know, using water that's too hot is not recommended. It can inflame the skin and disrupt the skin barrier. So you don't need extremely hot water. So lukewarm water is fine. Don't over scrub. It's rubbing the surface, but not scrubbing or abrading it. Like when in surgery, we use these brushes, maybe a little bit counterproductive at times. Um, wearing gloves as possible with the household disinfectants is good only for one reason protects that's the skin irritation or the barrier disruption. So when you start irritating your skin, it gets very inflamed and you get risk of contact dermatitis, you can get more things that penetrate the skin. So you're really trying to protect the skin at that point in time. Um, you know, your other question was, you know, should we apply lotion or cream to our hands after washing hands? Um, and yes, it protects against dermatitis and infection. We want those hands to be in good shape. We don't want these micro breaks on our hands. Um, so maintaining the skin microflora, the bacteria that live there and the barriers, important component to health of the skin. Uh, so we need to do all of those things. So I apply it after washing my hands, which I think I'm doing probably 50 times a day right now. Uh, so it's something that we need to consider is maintaining the integrity of that skin. And, you know, I'll ask you one other thing. Is, is the most effective hand and antiseptics, you know, for your hands is pure alcohol? And a lot of people are buying pure alcohol right now. So, you know, 90, 
to 100% alcohol? Is that the most effective? Uh, I was under the impression that it was like 70% uh, was the most effective. So, you know, good answer. Um, you know, part of what alcohol does, it denatures and coagulates proteins, um, which a lot of these bacteria, parasites, and viruses have. So they lyse the microorganism cells. Uh, they disrupt their cellular metabolism. So alcohol that's 60 to 95% are the most effective. Uh, very high concentrations of alcohol are less potent, though, because they have less water. Uh, you know, there's less water in the higher concentrations, and the proteins are not denatured as easily in the absence of water. So 60 or 70 or 80% may be more effective than 95 to 100% alcohol. Uh, so if you go out and buy 90 to 100 percent alcohol, you can dilute it a little bit. You can get vegetable glycerins or you can get aloe vera and then to make it much more soothing and you can make your own um, somewhat moistening uh, hand sanitizer. So I think these are all tips that we all th can think about at home. And the only last thing that I can mention to people is it's impossible uh, to get disinfectants for your home, but don't forget you know, frequently disinfect things that you touch a lot, you know, tables, doorknobs, keypads, faucets, phones, especially people go to the grocery with their phone out and looking at a list on their phone and they forget to, they clean all the groceries, but they forget to clean the phone. Um, you know, soiled surfaces should be cleaned with soap and water. If you can't buy stuff, you can get, you know, one quarter a cup of bleach and take a gallon of water. And that's very effective against most viruses, including most of the coronaviruses. Uh, COVID-19 is one of the coronaviruses. And disinfecting uh, decreased over time. So, you know, you may want to change those solutions if they've been sitting around for a long time. But, you know, 10 minutes of exposure to that before wiping it off. Uh, you can't just put it on and wipe it off, which most people do. Uh, so non-porous things, you can just immerse it, immerse it in that solution. So think about those while you're at home. Try to stay safe. Try to stay healthy. Uh, those were good questions, Bill. And um, we'll talk a little bit about potential therapies and vaccinations on our next podcast and the difficulty obtaining good vaccinations. Thank you, Alan. That was really informative. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you again soon.